Wow, look at that. That lady was like, I'm not taking a trip. Did you hear that? That cricket lady? Yeah. What, what was that about? She, she rejected a contract from Cricket Australia because she doesn't want to tour overseas. Why? It's Can like, I... would have she taken a contract if they played all the national games... In Australia. In, all the international games in Australia, like, oh, no, they have to come to us, but I'm not going to go to them. I'm Sign me up. I want to travel. Uh, me too. Oh, and you know what? Actually, ball. I'll no, tell you what. Maybe she's not vaccinated. Oh. The story, the plot thickens. Is that, is that still a thing? Definitely in some countries. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I, it's crazy that it's yeah. still a thing. But, yeah, no. Uh, I, there are certain countries that you can't travel to. Unless you're vaccinated, so maybe that's what the that's what it's really about. But they're not saying the full story. Mm. Well, she's just said, "No, I'm not going to travel." So I'm just going to take him at their word and say that she really doesn't like planes. I guess <laughs> maybe that's her thing. Well, maybe you know she really doesn't like airplane food. She we just are can't getting, hack it. Australia's getting some new submarines. She could take those. Oh, she could travel underwater. And, yeah, you know, that way you can't crash. Absolutely. Well, well, you can crash. Definitely submarines that have Sink crashed to the before. Bottom of the ocean. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. You're listening to the breakfast show. We're going to have another clue for the quiz. Here we go. Second last clue for the day. The penultimate clue of the penultimate of, week. of the wait. No, it's because uh, today's the day. The ultimate. We're doing the we're doing the the draw today. For yeah. Sure. Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar, Cyrus of Persia, and Darius the Mede are all found in this book. If you know what the book is, I know these cats. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text. So, before we get into our amazing encounter with God Bible study mm-hmm. that we have, the twenty million movement Bible study, we have some text messages that I want to read. I want to say a bunch of people got the answer correct so mm. far. You know, looking at Janelle, uh, looking at um, Brute. So Bruce and Liz, I'm, I believe as well too. We got mm. the we got Raphael. We've got uh, oh this guy named Robbie as well too. Looks like he got it right. But oh, is that is that our boss? AKA Big Boss Robbie. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, sorry Robbie, you can't win the price. Uh, you've tried hard. You've uh-huh. gotten the answer correct, but we're not putting you in the draw. You might okay? feel entitled because you allocated the funds for us to give them out, but nope. uh, no, we're we're, we're, then, and it's not going to you. <laughs> Sorry, sir. Karen got the answer correct. Kayla, Wayne, uh, Suzanne. It, it's a it's a free for all here. Christopher, you got it as well too. Now, David has a question for us. Uh huh. What's his question? Oh, there's so many text messages coming, and my screen keeps going down. But uh, the question is, I have. He says, "Question: Since I can't remember my parents." Since I can remember, sorry, my parents made us eat fish on Good Friday, which is tomorrow. I since have been told that there's nothing in the Bible that says you have to eat fish. What do you do? Good question. Number one, you don't ever have to eat fish. I don't. At any time. Yeah. So it's not a requirement. Mm -hmm. But the purpose behind eating fish, and a lot of times people go get fish and chips on Good Friday, Mm. they believe that. It goes back to Jesus as is represented as the Lamb of God. Mm-hmm. He's sacrificed on the cross. Therefore, since he was killed on Friday to commemorate the death of Christ, they don't eat warm-blooded flesh animals, mm. including lamb or beef or any kind of uh, warm-blooded meat. And so, but they, according to the Vatican and tradition, 
uh, in Christian and traditions that fi- fish don't count as warm-blooded animals. It's a cold-blooded animal. It's a totally different kettle of fish, as you could say, in this particular instance. And so to honor the crucifixion and the the death of Christ, to say we're not going to eat any meat on Good Friday, is a tradition within the Catholic Church that was uh, started by the Vatican. So, yeah, when you when you say, since I have been told that there's nothing in the Bible that says you have to eat fish, what do you do? You can eat fish and chips or not eat fish and chips, and it doesn't mean anything. So just uh, it's probably to your, more of your preference over here. I think Lawson would eat some more tofu, tofu sticks maybe. Do you have tofu and chips? Uh, would you do that? There's actually fantastic fake fish. Really? Really, really good fake fish. Yeah. Okay. That'd so, be, like, plant-based. Like, plant-based. Interesting. Yeah. Actually, oh, on the weekend, after church, I invited a group of people all to get together and have hot pot. The majority of them had never had hot pot before. They, like, I had my one Chinese friend there. He was kind of our, uh, he was our control. You know, he was, he was the judge. Cause it, I was, explain to me hot pot. I so, mean, hot pot is basically is, a tell, big tell Asian soup. soup that you put lots of, ingredients in cook it up and then you serve it out and then you you have this pot of water you keep putting ingredients in and it cooks and then you pull it out so and it just gets better and so better. this one was vegan because i was cooking it and you have like noodles and rice cakes and and cabbage and all kinds of vegetables and then all kinds of like tofu and stuff i bought from the shop i bought uh imitation uh shrimp Ooh. Fake prawns. Fake, fake prawns? Okay. And I put it in the hot pot and I ate it. Now, I, I, before I was a Christian, like way back in the day. So my dad is like a super fisherman. So he loves he the prawns. He loves prawns, yeah. Loves the prawns. And now, like I haven't eaten prawns in, uh, since, since I was 18. So like wow. 2016. Okay. I haven't eaten prawns. Okay. We're, we're eating these prawns. At, uh, well, they're not real prawns. They're not real. They're not real. Plant prawns? They're, they, they, they're like pieces of like soy protein, whatever. Okay. And they've been flavored as a prawn, probably using seaweed. They usually use seaweed because it's like salt watery tasting. Yeah. And I'm eating this. I'm like, this tastes forbidden. <laughs> like, this is crazy. I was getting flashbacks. And then I was feeling kind of sick. I was like, which is something the prawns make, used to make me do, just like feel kind of queasy. I'm like... What is happening? But at the end of the day, like I ate it and it was, it was really nice. So, okay. Well, so, so yeah, I, you know, moral of this story, David, is you do not have to eat fish on Good Friday. It's a tradition uh, from the Catholic Church many, many years ago mm. to honor the crucifixion. But I think the best way to honor the crucifixion is to celebrate the resurrection. Absolutely. Right. And that happens a few days afterwards as well, too. So, we're very excited about this weekend. It's, uh, Easter weekend. Now, unfortunately, Easter weekend is pretty connected with a lot of pagan holidays and a lot of pagan celebration. You know, you look at the Easter bunny, you look at all the eggs, you look at uh, Ishtar, all of these things that are connected to mm. the pagan side of Easter. But, you know, it is good to remember that Jesus rose he died and he rose again for our sins to give us hope when there was no hope for humanity. One thing you can do mm-hmm. this Easter weekend is on Saturday, you can come to the Newcastle Multicultural Church and listen to me preach. 
Oh, nice. You're going to Newcastle Multicultural Church. Yeah, heading out, heading out down there. They have a very steep roof. That's right. Oh, it's, it's, it's an, They're ready for snow. It's an extreme A-frame. Yeah, it is. Like, it's a big old A out there. And, uh, and you can go hang out at the church, and I'll be there preaching and talking about all things Easter. I, 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 I usually when it comes to these holidays, whether it's Easter or Christmas, I try to do something a little bit subversive. You know, than the usual. I don't like to just walk down the uh, the usual tracks that of of preaching. But uh, yeah, come out to the church. There's uh, oh, and if you want any information, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Excellent. Like like you're right. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm doing my best here. What, what's up? <laughs> I'm just. It's just like, oh, you're really sad. That you won't be able to sad. come. I'm so sad. Yeah. I'm just. Just devastated. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. We are focused. Blake, yes, focus, yes, focus, we focus. are into our... We have another uh, text message here from Sky. She says, uh, yeah, I wondered why some Christians do Lent, and then I found out, mm, bizarre. 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 Uh, we got Dora. You got the answer correct. We also have... Uh, Sky, you did give the answer correct as well. D as well, too. Wow. I have never met a Dora before. I'm not the, the explorer. Yeah, yeah, but you never met a real Dora. I wonder if this Dora is the explorer. Well, probably not the explorer, but I wonder if they're like Spanish in some way. What about the fish too from Finding Nemo? That's Dory. Oh, yeah, classic. Okay, silly. Fair enough. We are going to dive into our Bible study here in just a little bit, and today's title is the Victor's Crown. Oh, we're talking about LeBron James. Is that what this is? Absolutely not. Praise God. Praise the Lord, because mm-hmm. the person we're talking about is the real king. The real champion. Kings. Yeah, the king of kings. That's right. Wow. Hey, there you go. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. Isn't it crazy how LeBron has had like so many of those names applied to him? Like when he was going through, he was the chosen one. Well, I think it's when not by drafted. accident. And then he's like, then later it's like he he calls himself, you know, King James, all this stuff. Whereas we've got an actual king. Absolutely, I would I would we've venture to say that one. LeBron uh, dances with blasphemy. Oh, uh, I, wow. I would definitely, I would definitely say that LeBron does not honor the Lord in his pursuit of life. He honors sure. a different God. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. But we're not here to talk about LeBron. We're going to talk about the King of Kings, who Amen. is far higher on the the ladder of importance in mm-hmm. the world. We're going to look at Revelation fourteen verse fourteen, mm-hmm. and John describes Jesus as the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. Now, quiz time. Do you know the word for crown in Greek? Don't look. Uh. Oh, let's see. The word for crown in Greek is none other than Stephanos. Stephanos, which okay. I, I saw on the page already. Okay, like, I was thinking. I was like, "Do you know that?" I don't nah, know. no, no, no. Okay. We haven't. It hasn't been one of our vocab yet. So. And so it's like Stephanos is the crown that is given when you like finish a marathon, or when you oh, cool, or when you win in the Olympics. Yeah, but it's usually those kind of crowns are usually. I think, are they olive branches? Yeah. Yeah, and they olive leaf crown that is a symbol of a, comp, a competitor winning as well, too. Now, do you remember what kind of crown Jesus wore? He has a crown made of gold. 
No, 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 no. Before that. Right oh, Crown of died. Thorns. Yes, yeah. exactly. Now, this is kind of a crown of mockery, shame. Mm, derision. Der- you know, injustice, really. Mm. Uh, this is this is a, a crown that is given to someone not to honor them, but to make fun of them. Yeah, to put them kind of like the Burger King crown. Yeah, actually, a little bit. To mm. be honest, but uh, way worse. Way worse, yeah. Yeah, a crown of For thorns, sure. and then I think that they also just pushed it down onto his head as yeah. well. Yeah, well, the, the the perspective, like it's such a thing of shame that they they push it, it like they push it down, they push it in, so that it draws blood while they're wearing it. So it's it's awful. And all while this was happening, too, Jesus was he was spat on. He was ridiculed. He's beaten. He's whipped. I think there was one time that he was blindfolded before the crown of thorns went on, and they. They slapped him in the face and said, if you're God, tell us who just slapped you. You know, mm. it was, uh, he was turned into a spectacle. Yeah. He was stripped naked and beaten, which is a form of sexual abuse as well. It was emotional abuse, mental abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse. He, he experienced all of it. Mm. It was awful. And then we see, let's go to Revelation 14 verse 15. If you mm. can read that for us. And, and then we're going to read Mark chapter 4, 26 to 29 as well, too. Revelation 14, 15. I'm just uh, finding it here in the pages. The Bible says, Then another angel came from the temple and shouted to the one sitting on the cloud, Swing the sickle, for the time of harvest has come, and the crop on earth is ripe. Ooh. Okay, so... We see Jesus with a victor's crown. We also see him with uh, the idea of a sickle. Why would that be? Yeah, so we see in the previous verse, which we studied through yesterday, he's holding the sickle mm-hmm. ready for harvest. So yesterday we talked about the concept of, okay, if he's ready to go with the harvest, there is a judgment that has already happened because he can't, you know, and obviously this this harvest is representation is a representation of taking taking the saved, leaving the lost, these kinds of things. That couldn't have taken place without a judgment previous to it. And so we, we touched on that judgment yesterday. Now, this imagery of of the sickle and the harvest harkens back to a time in which they would use a sickle to harvest grapes and to cut off the branches with the good grapes and whatnot. But now... And the wheat. And, and and wheat and, you know... Everything. Pretty much everything. Whereas now we got John Deere, you know, to, to do that for us. But uh, essentially it's, hey, Jesus is now swinging. Every decision's been made. You know, every judgment has taken place. He's now swinging the sickle to to enact that harvest. It's it's actually taking place. And, and those people have who have been found as righteous who have been found as on Jesus' side, are now being harvested from the earth. Now, furthermore on that as well, too, when we talk about the victor's crown, mm. the crown is only given after the race has been won. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And so both the harvest, he's coming to do the harvest, and he's coming with the crown because the victory has been won. The race is over. This mm. is the end of the journey, right? So I think it's also important for us to read Mark chapter 4, verse 26 to 29. Do you want to do that for us? Mark, Mark chapter, chapter 4, four verse, 26 verse 26 and to all the way to 29. 20. And I guess what we want to do is look at the similarities between what we just read in, in Revelation 14, verse 15, mm-hmm. and this passage as well, too. 
Mark 26, the Bible says, Jesus also said, the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but he does not understand how it happens. The earth produces the crops on its own. First, a leaf blade pushes through. Then, the heads of the wheat are formed. And finally, the grain ripens. And as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle, for the harvest time has come. Now, there's this book, I don't know if you've heard of it or not, it's called Christ Object Lessons, and it's essentially a book that kind of elaborates and extends our understanding of all the object lessons that, that Christ has. And in the yeah, book... Yeah, all these parables. Yeah, or... his parables, you know, talking about the pearl of great price, the the net, the the harvest, the crown, talks about all these all these symbols that are in there, so these object lessons that Christ uses. Anyway, on page 65 and 66, it says this about the passage that we just read, and I think it's really important for us to read because it's got a great kind of clarity and elaboration on this thought process of the victor's crown, but also the, the sickle in the hand of the victor. This is what the book says, Christ's Object Lessons. The germination of the seed represents the beginning of spiritual life. The development of the plant is a beautiful figure of Christian growth. As in nature, so in grace, there can be no life without growth. The plant must either grow or die. As its growth is silent and imperceptible, but continuous, so is the development of the Christian life. At every stage of development, our life may be perfect. Yet, if God's purpose for us is fulfilled, there will be continual advancement. Sanctification is the work of a lifetime. As our opportunities multiply, our experience will enlarge and our knowledge increase. Mm. Now, I love this passage because I've got a bunch of family members who literally, for a living, grow weed, make moonshine, sell drugs, in and out of jail. They live a pretty raucous lifestyle, pretty wild, you know, pretty debauchery kind of lifestyle, to be honest. Mm. And they oftentimes make the reference like, back when I was saved, that's back when the that's back when Jesus saved me. Mm. Back when I was twelve. But they're in their mid fifties, some of them, you know, in their sixties, in their seventies even. And they there's been no change in the life. Mm. And I think it's important that justification, which is the acknowledgement that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, is a beautiful thing. Mm. Right? It is I, I think something that we need to recognize and understand that that happens instantaneously. Mm. No matter where you're at in life, when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are, without a doubt, saved. But sanctification is this work of a lifetime. Mm. And as we progress and as we grow as Christians, we need to understand that our yesterday shouldn't look like today. We should, we should actually be moving closer to the Lord, you know? When we accept Jesus as our Savior, he forgives, he forgives us for our sins, he purifies us, he gives us hope, and he changes us from within. But the work of sanctification is the continual growth that we have moving towards a life with Jesus. So it's not, I don't want to say you earn your way to heaven, because that's not true. The moment you ask for Jesus to save you, you're saved. But sanctification, where the life continues to grow, is evidence 
that you are in a saving relationship with God. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm. Do you, you see the difference there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I want to encourage our listeners. Maybe you've been in a, in a rut and you haven't been growing and you haven't been getting closer to the Lord day by day. Take some time. Pray with him. Talk to him. Spend time in the word of God. Do some journaling. Spend time listening uh, to the Psalms and hearing and hearing the word of God for yourself because it's so important for you to not just stay where you were when you found Jesus, but to continue to grow and help others grow with you as well. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And Lagan Lawson. That's right. B&L. The B&L team. The LB. The LB team. The Pounds. Dude. Dude. I lo- the Pounds. The LBS. The L- With the, Shell 2. With, Shell- With the Pounds, dude. Pounds team. The, the Pounds. Pound it. Dude, oh, yeah. the LBS. That's so funny. <laughs> I, 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 I literally, the, the idea is so good. It is, it is compromising my health. You're listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. And we're going to have a final clue for the quiz. Here we go. Final clue. The story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is found in this book. Also the story of Hananiah, Azariah, and uh, Mishael. Also the story of my life. No, not quite. That was a lie. Don't listen to me. <laughs> listen to the clue. 0491-064-669 is the number to call a text. If you call a text number with the correct answer, this is your final, final, final chance to get in for the draw to win the Jeremy Dixon Revive Cafe Cookbook books. We're going to give them to you for free. For free. Actually, you said it was a story of your life, but it is a little bit. It definitely there are actually there are definitely actually, verses in this book. In that book, there that are stories that specifically affect to your life, my life, your life, and my life, and Shell's, Shell's life. LBS, the LBS, the Pound Team, Pound Team. Yeah, that's so sick. I'm such a genius. Oh, like, man. hello, I told you guys that one ages ago. No, nah, that no, you didn't. <laughs> I no, did you I'm did. Giving Shell credit. I'm giving Shell credit. Sorry. Wow. Yeah. All my dreams have just been stolen from me. This is like the parallel thinking thing. No, but you know what you remind me of? What? This is like when Timon and Pumbaa from The Lion King, uh-huh. right? They have their little conversation. Never seen that movie, by the way. Anyway, the little warthog says to the meerkat, he says, what if all this happened like this, this, and this? And then the meerkat goes like, that's ridiculous. Actually, it's this, 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 and this. And it's exactly, exactly what the, the warthog yeah. just said. That's what you've just done. You're like, that's my idea, even though Shell said it a long time ago. I calling Shell a warthog? <laughs> that is so rough. Well, I'm calling you a meerkat. Oh, so. that's cute. <laughs> meerkats are cute. I could be a meerkat. Hey, hey, who do you think is the meerkat and who do you think is the warthog? 0491-064-669. You're listening to me, The Breakfast Show. Does that make me like a lion? Does that, does that make me? Because I'm like... Because I'm the third guy on this thing. So I'm like Simba. No, you're a full bear. You're oh, I'm a bear. Orsu. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sky okay. just sent a text message saying, you're looking for a pat on the back. L- like ask, asking me like, oh, listen, are you looking? I, yes. Yeah, are you? I, I am. Okay. I, I crave validation. You know, I don't need it. I just really, really I enjoy it. it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I want to read this other text message from Wayne. Okay. You ready for this? This is a big text message. Wayne says, good morning, uh, brothers. Blessings. I was trying to get at uh, yesterday, but do you know the exact date 
Jesus was crucified on the cross. My birthday is the 10th of the 12th, 1974, but my birthday is not always on a Wednesday. Sometimes it's on a Saturday. Sometimes it's on a Thursday. Good Friday, Jesus died. Why to... Why do they worship? Why do they worship it on Friday all the time? Isn't the date most important, or do they change the date as they change uh, the Sabbath? Have a good weekend. Great question, Wayne. One of the things that's important to remember: the calendar that is used is the Hebrew calendar, mm. and so actually today is the fifteenth of Nisan. Mm. Okay, so even though it's the sixth of April, twenty twenty-three, you have the Hebrew calendar on your wrist. Yeah, I do. I keep the Hebrew calendar because I'm committed. Okay, that is hectic That's commitment. So the fifteenth of Nisan actually today, uh, within the Hebrew calendar as well too, and it coincides with when Passover is done. Now the Hebrew calendar only has three hundred and sixty days, mm-hmm. and every few years it has an extra month, mm-hmm. right, to make up for the three hundred sixty-five and a quarter days that are not always there. The purpose of this, or the the result of this, means that it always is on a Friday that we celebrate this, but the Friday date changes. But it's mm-hmm. in accordance to not the uh, Roman calendar, which is what the, the Gregorian calendar that, that we use in modern era. It actually revolves around the Hebrew calendar. And so what? today is the 15th of Nisan, and tomorrow is... The 16th of Nisan. What year is it for the Hebrews right now? Is it like 2014 or something? I have no idea. That's, that's a good question. Is Because I'm pretty sure people who use the Hebrew calendar, like Ethiopia, they're like behind. In right? their years? In their years. Mm. Or maybe it's an Ethiopian thing. I, I thought it was because Ethiopia used the Hebrew calendar that they, because in, in Ethiopia, they're like, when I was there in 2019, I'm pretty sure it was like 2011 or something. Yeah, I don't know. That's actually a question I want to look up. I and it was kind of like they had two calendars. That was just their thing that they did. You know, like you go to some countries and they have, like they use their language, but then English a lot. And there's kind of mashes up of that. In Ethiopia, it was they had two calendars. That's that's just that's just what they're about. Well, and the Hebrew year is the end of the 6,000th year. Okay, okay, sorry. Well, this is according to Wikipedia, and I don't know what's going on here, but it's 5,783. The current 22 and 2023 Hebrew year is 5783. Oh, but so it'd be it'd be different for Ethiopians because they are Christian. I'm not sure. I, I'd love to know yeah, about that. Maybe in, very interesting. Maybe in the upcoming break, I'll, I'll look up what's going on with the Ethiopian calendar and how they how they calculate their dates and why are they ten years behind. So, according to the Hebrew calendar, according to you know Google, so I need we need a little bit more research than this, but essentially three seven six one BCE or before Christ, before the era of Christ, but they call it BCE now, common. Before Common Era. But that's the year that we're in, according to that calendar, is 5783. But I, I've actually heard other I've heard other calculations on this as well, too, that we're very close to the 6,000th year. And that's coming up, I believe, in 2025, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm not 100% sure on that. I'm just going off of what I've had a conversation with a number of people. But it's in the late 5,000s, almost 6,000s. And so 2023 in the Hebrew calendar is around there. Yeah. So Ethiopia uses the Hebrew calendar as well. 
Yeah. Uh, but of course they've added in they've they've they've, they've done their own BCAD thing. Okay. Because you know the Ethiopian Orthodox believes in Jesus, and so it's 2014 in Ethiopia right now. Dude, good times. 2014. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's I. I so gotta learn. I gotta research that more. That's very strange. So it's to me. 2023. In oh, is it is it 2014? What what what's the date? Yeah yeah yeah. Okay, it's it is 2015 in Ethiopia. All right. Well. If you know more about that, text us at 0491 It's a very interesting thing. But in terms of going back to the day, it's because of the transition between the Hebrew and the Gregorian calendar. And clearly, that's a complicated transition. But that's why it's always on Friday, because it's always on the 15th and then 16th of Nisan. Because mm. it's all about Passover mm. and the connection to Passover and what that looks like. Mm. So that's the reason. Wow. No. There you go. You heard it here first, guys. We are clearly experts on this topic. So go and tell your friends. Do not, You're listening no. to The Breakfast Show on Faith yeah, FM. Do not do that. The foremost authority uh, no, 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 on no. how it is the calendar. I can tell work. you the foremost authority on other things, though, which is in the book of Revelation. Uh-huh. You're listening to The Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Blake and Lawson. Actually... The LBS team, the pound team that we have discovered. Pound squad. We've rediscovered this yeah. morning. Pound no, squad. I made it up. Well, actually, Shell did, but that's fine that you're trying hard, uh-huh. Lawson, to get the credit for um, Shell's accomplishments. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sky, you're going to travel to the beach this weekend. Oh, amazing. It's going to be a good time as well, too. So thanks, Sky, for texting us in. It sounds fun. I also want to get to the beach. I'll be in Tasmania. You'll be preaching at the Newcastle Multicultural Church. Mm. Uh, Shell, where are you going? Raymond Terrace, we got a baptism. Oh, yeah. And a baby dedication. Amen. So, yeah. I'm Dude, so happy amen. to hear that. We, we yeah. have a baptism, too. A baptism and a baby yeah. dedication. That is so, praise the Lord. God I, is good. That's a young Christy, actually. I'm so happy about that, actually. Mm. And her little cousin, our mm. niece or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's her little cousin, actually. Mm-hmm. So, Lawson, I just want to say it is time to spin that, that wheel. wheel okay let's go we've, we've come to the end of the, oh just hit the button no explanations for the revive cafe cookbook it's slowing down it's it's the plane has landed all right we've got a winner here we are okay. going to try and get these guys nice. on the phone but we were talking about what book am i so the final clue the final clue for the quiz that yeah. we never read out it says I am Genesis, Amos, or Daniel. Was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the book of Genesis? No. Was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the book of Amos? Uh, no. <laughs> so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego must have been in the book of Daniel. That's right. And a lot of these clues here are about you know, people who Daniel interacted with. Well, he wrote the book of Daniel. So people who interacted here, we don't actually have any direct quotes from Daniel here. Um, we do have a quote from the astrologers in Daniel chapter 2 who say, The astrologers assured the king, there is not a man on earth who can do what the king asks. I mean, that's such a cool story. 
But there was a man. I've done that Bible study so many times. Oh, d- so if you look at, I have a Bible. It's my preaching Bible. It's my yeah. Bible that I preach out of and I give Bible studies out of because yeah. all the Bibles verses start on the, the outside. And uh, that chapter, that page for Daniel 2 is fully discolored. <laughs> like all of the pages that I use a lot are discolored, but that page is like the rest of the Bible is white. That page is brown and yellow and just, just from exposure to the air and the elements, you know. But I've just been over it so many times. Absolutely. Uh, Honestly, Daniel 2 is one of the best Bible studies to give someone who has never opened a Bible. In fact, on Sunday, I... Well, last week, I did a Bible study on Daniel 2 with a bunch of people from Pakistan. Whoa. Like 20 whoa, people. Whoa, what? Like 20 people from Where Pakistan. Where did that come from? Just- While they were in Pakistan, I was doing it over the internet. What? Yeah. And this Sunday, I'm giving the same Bible study. Did that study. get them killed? Uh... Maybe, but they, they lined like, it up. They lined it up for me to do. That's wild they, stuff. They wanted it. They loved it. Because it's a pretty Muslim country, correct? Yeah. Okay. But then this you, Lawson. this weekend, I on Sunday, I am teaching a bunch of Chinese people, Daniel too. From Pakistan? From, from no, yeah. So they're in China. I'm going to be over the internet explaining one of the Bible's most amazing prophecies. Daniel chapter 2. Yes. Well, it's really the beginning of several prophecies. So you yeah. have to understand that to understand Daniel you know, 7, 11, 12. You know, Revelation. Revelation all. Yeah. <laughs> Revelation all. But particularly, particularly what we've been looking at in our uh, 20 million movement Bible study. For sure. When we look at Revelation 13 and we read about beasts and whatnot, like it all stems back to Daniel, beginning with Daniel chapter 2. So, so yeah, it's it's an incredibly foundational part of the Bible. It's super powerful, and uh, and yeah, we have like for uh, particularly for Adventists, but for a lot of Christians in general who are interested in Bible stu- Bible prophecy, we have ran train tracks over the Book of Daniel in our reading, our studying, our explanation of it. But uh, but yeah, no, it's because it's so powerful. So praise God. So I so I'm just trying to think as well too. Like when you're when you are kind of thinking about studying the Bible and sharing the scriptures with other people, mm. what what are some tips that you can give some people? Because you study the Bible with a lot of people, and that's yeah. that's great. And I know that you do. I've I've been involved um, when you're doing all these Bible studies as well too, and I love the passion. Well, what do you do to really mm. connect with these people and really show them the the Word of God? I think I think there's a couple of things. Firstly, the the mindset going into teaching the Bible is the reason you're teaching them. The, the the majority of the Bible studies that I give are what I would call evangelistic or doctrinal Bible studies. So I'm teaching someone about a particular topic in the Bible. I think that your small group settings, your sermons and whatnot are for you know starting at the beginning of the book and going through to an end. You know, exploring. But the Bible studies that I'm giving is well, what does the Bible say about this topic? And and the reason I do is to convince people that, you know, to, to enable them to, to see and to know that God is real, he's true, he loves them, and that they can have a relationship with him, but they can know clearly who God is and what his ideals are uh, on a whole host of different topics. So that's the mindset going right. in. It's like, I'm going to teach these people about a clear topic of the Bible. And Daniel 2 is kind of the beginning of 
God through the Bible teaches us, shows us through prophecy that he exists. So that's something we learn about God. We also do, what does the Bible say about death? What does the Bible say about salvation? What does the Bible say about this? And you do a little bit of a kind of survey of all do the you find Because you're always doing Bible studies with people from different countries. Yeah. Like, do you ever find it difficult, like, from a cultural perspective? So that is a great question. There is very... Because you're hanging out with, like, Pakistanis and Chinese and yep. Koreans and Japanese people all the time. Like, yep. I, I don't think I've... I never see you hanging out with... Like Australians, even like you're no, 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 absolutely, absolutely, I do, but but I know you do, but But, like you are really well cultured and diverse in your in your well, and you're preaching at the multicultural church. Yeah, (laughs) I started giving Bible studies to Australians uh, because that was the context that I was in when I started giving Bible studies, and then now a little bit more of an international crowd as I've been hanging around in the kind of education area. Okay, oh, that makes sense. But ultimately. What I've seen and experienced is, you know, I, I've given these Bible studies to Pakistanis, Ethiopians, Chi- Chinese people, Japanese people, whatever. I, I've done it for them all. There's very little that I have to change. Okay. Because it's, it's, the word of it's God. just that true and that powerful. And people understand. They get it. You just do your best. Now, we have discovered that it was Raphael K who actually won the prize. Oh, we can't get him on the phone. But we can't though. get him on the phone right now. So Raphael, I don't know if you're listening, if you're at work, I don't know what's going on, but I want to let you know you have won volume one and two of the revival. Amazing. Cookbook. If you want to cook us some food, we will allow it. We have a text message here from Peter. Thanks for the show, guys. Just reflecting on Daniel, the book you focus on so much. Please check the names. It's not Abendigo. Blessings, Peter. It's, yeah, it's Abednego, right? I'm not sure what he's trying to say. But I just like saying Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael anyway. Yeah. Those are the real names. Yeah. But, yeah. I call them by their slave names. Wow. That's, that's literally what it is. It is though. true. Yeah. I, that, that's their captive names. They're that's captive true. Babylonian that's why names. I call them by their other names because I, I like those. Because the names, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael are the names that their God-fearing parents gave them. Mm. And they honor the Lord, whereas the other names actually dishonor God, and there are references to uh, Baal and Babylonian worship, the false mystery religion of that as well, too. I love it. And I want to encourage you this weekend, uh, for the Easter weekend, remember, talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. Share the word of God. God be with you. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.